Hello and welcome to the Pomegranate Astrology Podcast. I'm Antoinette McKenzie and I'm an astrologer. You can find me over at pomegranateastrology.com. I'm a Hellenistic astrologer, so I use the whole sign house system. And I just thought I'd pop in here and talk about the rest of December. Now you might hear my cat and birds and all sorts of things in the background. This is me just showing up chatting. I live in a forest. It's very, very beautiful at the moment because we're heading into the summer solstice here in Australia. And the solstice is actually my favorite day of the year. It's the most magical day in my own sort of world. And we're finding that the the light as it's rising is just bringing so much beauty here. And wherever you are in the world, if you're experiencing winter, You'll be obviously heading into the winter solstice, which is also an incredibly magical time. And these solstice moments, they're very potent. But with the astrology that's actually occurring at the moment and coming up, it's even more powerful than usual because we've got a couple of aspects that I'm going to chat about during this podcast. So we had a new moon back on the 13th of December, which I haven't chatted about actually felt that there was probably enough content out there about this it was pretty much more of the same that we've been ha- we've been having with these lunations uh, of late we've had a lot of marsy kind of moons whether that be new moon or full moon and prior to that the eclipses they were very marsy as well so we've had a lot of lunations that have had this kind of prickly strifey difficult kind of energy to them and even though we thought we were kind of wrapping up a story with those eclipses we sort of headed straight into some pretty spiky lunations and I think from what I'm chatting you know I'm chatting to a lot of people at the moment who really feeling quite tired and a bit wrung out at this sort of end of the the year with everything that's been going on both collectively and personally and I just wanted to say, you know, it's okay. We're winding down. A lot of people aren't feeling very productive at the moment. And that's that's okay. This is a time we're entering into a kind of liminal space, which the solstice does mark as well. It brings us into this liminal space of, of peaceful, slowing down if we can, and reflecting. And it's something that we we've taken on culturally, but there's something more to it than that. It feels very, very potent and appropriate at this time of the year. So if you're feeling a bit tired, I've, I've noticed too that I've spoken to a number of sensitives, you know, sensitive people, creatives, artists, and they're the canaries in the mind. This is why I love working with creative people too, is that they're often able to not only pick up but experience very deeply whatever is actually happening in the culture in the wider sphere and that's both a blessing and a curse because their hypersensitivity can mean that they internalize a lot they feel a lot and they can even feel the symptoms coming up in their bodies and their hearts they can be very very sensitive to things going on that are very difficult or challenging for most of us And I have heard a lot from them and certainly been feeling myself that there's been a lot of noise and a lot of arguments and debates and clutter and over sort of saturation perhaps of content 
So I've been a little bit wary of adding to the noise, the speed, the, the amount of information there when it's felt as though there hasn't been a good space for listening and receptivity. And it's just that that's the, the time space weather at the moment. It's been, it's been a bit of a clamour. And someone said to me, and in fact, I also read it, a friend basically alluded to this as well, that, you know, people are feeling like the internet is broken or that it's broken them a little bit because it's just so much all of the time and we can only absorb so much and feel so much. And so perhaps that's where we're at at the moment. And with that new moon back on the 13th of December, a new moon in Sagittarius, and Mercury stationing only hours after that new moon at eight degrees of Capricorn. That was, that was a very potent message about perhaps the need to slow down and examine how we're communicating and what we're communicating, what the very structures of our communication are, how we talk to one another, how we organize our thoughts. Because Mercury in Capricorn I think this is actually really, I'm not the only one who probably thinks this. I think there are a lot of astrologers feeling that Mercury and Capricorn retrograding through Capricorn is actually a great opportunity. It's pretty powerful aspect, pretty powerful placement because we do get a much uh, cooler, more pragmatic, responsible approach to how we structure our thoughts and communications. Capricorn being the sign of Saturn, you know, and I call it the bone mother's sign as this kind of a, a yin, cool, nocturnal sign. It's a very mature, a very practical sign in a lot of ways. It's also very mystical. The Mergoat bridges both the, the seen and unseen worlds, the spirit and the matter. So a lot of that mysticism has been lost with our modern interpretations of Capricorn, where it's been sort of remolded into this idea of the patriarchy, which is a very uh, broad term and it's often a derogatory term. It can be that stern uh, father archetype and it can also be a kind of a grandmotherly wisdom, but it's a mature archetype. And it's a lot cooler and calmer and slower than, and when I say slow, I don't mean it lacks intelligence. It just sorts through things very methodically and clearly. It likes to deal with the facts of the matter. It's going, well, actually, what is? What do I have here to deal with? And what do I need to organize or look at? And quite calmly and respond, what am I responsible for? as opposed to, well, it doesn't coddle. And that's quite an important idea, I feel, when we're looking at how this retrograde is going to go back through Capricorn and into Sagittarius. And in Sagittarius, Mercury is much more of the channeler's Mercury. It sees a whole lot of ideas all at once, and it wants the bigger view. It doesn't necessarily think that critically or want to be breaking down the facts and looking at them more closely. It's much more of a kind of shooting the arrows through the air because there's the inspiration or the ideas or there's something coming through. 
that some kind of wisdom that we're bringing through uh, from some other level, but it almost feels as though it's beyond its, uh, not its control, but its its sightline. There's something that works against that whole Mercury, classic Mercury archetype, which is very particular because Jupiter's signs are very broad. It's a broad wisdom. So Mercury is debilitated in Sagittarius and the shadow side of that is that things can get a bit messy and a bit foggy and you can have that kind of stream of consciousness where people are talking at you <laughs> rather than, you know, monologuing, rather than maybe having a conversation where you, you're both sort of participating. And that has been perhaps uh, one of the flavours of late with, during such season, this incredibly powerful, joyful enthusiasm that's come through with Sag season that helps us to you know, envision new worlds and go beyond where we are and be inspired. But it can also kind of descend into a bit of a mess. <laughs> and so this Capricorn retrograde, Mercury in Capricorn retrograde, is actually going to start helping us to sort what's important and what's not and how we might need to restructure and approach our communications. So that's going to be retrograding until the 2nd of January, where it stations direct at 22 degrees of Sagittarius. It's not going to have as much of an easy time in Sagittarius, but Mercury is going to redo something. It gives us a chance to redo something. But along the way, there's going to be some really interesting stuff. So on the 17th of December which is tomorrow, we're going to have, this is Australian Eastern Daylight Time, okay? So we're going to have a sun square Neptune, which kind of adds to the fog. It's going to sort of really be a sense of, oh, how I can't see quite clearly. I can feel a bit tired. But, you know, that that's going to pass pretty quickly. And then into the 19th, we're having a really powerful Mercury trine Jupiter and Jupiter is slow at the moment. It is retrograde and it is slowed down to the point where it's at five degrees and it's going to stay at five degrees until it stations to go to direct, go direct. And that five degrees has been quite an emphatic point because we've had, uh, that was the degree of a full moon eclipse on the 29th of October. It was five degrees of Taurus. So it feels like there's a message there about those, that early first decan of Taurus, which is very much about our resources and our, our fears around resources as well, what we want to create and have and need and maybe what we might fear being able to create or accomplish. So that's, that's quite an important point. And this trine with with Mercury is actually going to help us see something very clearly for a moment and also have an uplifting sense of maybe some good news, maybe something that comes through that helps us towards being able to build something really worthwhile in Taurus with Jupiter. And Jupiter's Jupiter in Taurus, that whole story We've had Jupiter and Taurus here since May 23, April, May 23. But the thing is, is that the Jupiter in Taurus story doesn't really take off until 2024. That's going to be 
the most interesting time for Jupiter and Taurus because there's a lot happening. Now, on the 22nd, that's the solstice. And that's when the sun moves into Capricorn. And with that, there's this idea that as the sun leaves Sagittarius, there's, it's a really poignant moment because you've got a much more uh, grounded, clear sun in, that, in those late degrees of Sagittarius then perhaps we might give it credit for being. It's got this idea of knowing that it is dying into the night, into the shortest day. This is symbolically, even though I'm living in the time of sunri- sunlight rising, this is the sh- in, symbolically in astrology, this is the time when the sun dies into the darkest, longest night. And there is such a beautiful sense of faith and willing sacrifice of the sun king, if you like, dying into the night with the faith that it will be reborn. And that is that sun in Capricorn as the wise, older king, if you like. And so there's a sense that we're going into this knowing that there's going to be some sort of letting go of a whole lot of stuff that isn't required because we're getting to the the heart of the matter. And just at that magical solstice moment, only hours after the sun enters Capricorn, there's a Kazemi with Mercury. So that is when a planet enters the heart of the sun, that's a Kazemi, and it's as though it's afforded a special view or insight it has the ear of the king so to speak so it's getting a special edict or message from the sun to carry on through and it's its mission it's been given a special mission and so mercury passing by that very early degree of capricorn just before it enters sagittarius feels like an empowered moment where it's being told you have some work to do in sagittarius need to sort out what wasn't sorted out before, before we can, before you, you've finished up and you can move forward again. So I feel like that Mercury revisiting is giving us another chance to do something. I mean, a Mercury retrograde, you know, people talk about, and it's, it's perfectly, um, you know, valid to say, well, this is a good time to get out your, your new diaries and plan for, you know, what lies ahead with the coming year and putting your dates and, you know, organize stuff on a really practical, pragmatic level. But if we go a bit deeper, we might also want to see how we could have been restructuring some of the ways we communicate, how we show up and take responsibility for our communications, uh, how we take on the communications of others. And this is, you know, getting back to this, this Mercury in Capricorn it's kind of a no-nonsense one. It doesn't, it's it's quite stoic and it doesn't place a responsibility upon the shoulders of others to take care of its own its own stuff, its its own communications. So, you know, uh, there's a kind of a cooling down element that might be really, really needed, certainly in certain online spaces at the moment. Uh, and so we've got this powerful moment. And then we head into the next few days of the end of the year, the final week of the year. 
And on the 25th, we've got a sun sextile Saturn. So that kind of creates, you know, a sun in Capricorn, sextile Saturn in Pisces. That's sort of a harmonious, very sensible, mature, responsible kind of feeling or tone to the day. But there's still, you know, there's there's still a lot to, um, it, it's, a, it's a cooling, calming kind of moment. But then we're going into a full moon on the 27th. Now, this is really what I want to talk about most of all, is this full moon on the 27th of December, because finally <laughs> we get this beautiful lunation in Cancer, in the home sign of the moon. Now, it is really lovely to be able to show up and talk to you about this because it has felt a little bit like, like I said at the beginning, all of these lunations and, you know, these Marsy lunations, it's like, oh, okay, here we go, more of the same, more of the same. It's messy, it's confused, and it's it's not that, uh, you know, it's not that Mars and Sagittarius, for instance, is is debilitated. It's actually a very passionate, gallant, enthusiastic, go-getting, adventurous Mars. But it's more that Mars itself, wherever it is, whether it's been in Scorpio and very empowered or now in Sagittarius, flying so close to other planets, whether it be Mercury or the Sun, and also ruling or defining a lot of the lunations of late, it brings this this strife and conflict. It brings this difficult, uncomfortable, prickly sharpness to so much that's transpiring both, you know, on a wider scale and on a personal scale, you may have noticed. So finally we get this beautiful new moon, this beautiful full moon in Cancer, and it's actually got some really lovely things built into it because not only is it in its own sign, it is also forming a gorgeous, really beautiful sextile to Jupiter in Taurus at five degrees. Again, five degrees, it's trying to tell us something. And the the moon itself is at four degrees and 58 of Cancer. So you may as well say five degrees of Cancer. And it's got this beautiful connection to Jupiter uh, in the form of a sextile, which is the nature of Venus. But it's also got that mutual reception by exaltation ruler. Now, when I say that, I mean that Jupiter in Taurus, Jupiter is the exaltation ruler of Cancer, and the moon is the exaltation ruler of Taurus. So we have this incredibly glorious, actually, connection between these two planets that really get each other and want the best from one another. And if we really think about that being a prelude, it's both a, a bringing to fruition a kind of Jupiter story because we started that new moon in Sagittarius, which hinted to, I mean, it was ruled by Jupiter, but Jupiter has been kind of really out of the picture a lot of the time. It's just been going backwards. And at the moment, it's ruled by a debilitated um, Venus and Scorpio. So I've got nothing against Venus and Scorpio. When I say planets are in their debility, it means that they are differently abled. And I mean, I've got, I've got Venus and Scorpio. I adore Venus and Scorpio. There's a, there's a lot of great things about planets and their debility where they bring sort of, it's, it's the worst of both worlds, but it's the best of both worlds too. You can actually find that there are certain 
qualities or tools available to you that that are unique and they they function differently but this venus and scorpio at the moment it's a morning star it's quite even though it's in a feminine nocturnal sign it's very spiky it's it's a morning star venus is a warrior goddess and so jupiter is you know currently just kind of stumbling backward very slowly and ruled by that but even though that full moon will still see venus in in scorpio it's it's as though the full moon is offering us a bit of a choose your own adventure story because there's a couple of these it's a slightly mixed bag it's got this beautiful connection of the moon and jupiter it's got a also a, a trine the moon is trining saturn in pisces so we've got this quite uh there's a lot of dignity and, and control and temperance with this particular connection so we've got you know the moon and cancer which is home and hearth it's it's memory it's softness and sweetness i mean that's you know there's more to cancer than that but this feeling of a of a full moon where we can focus on bringing a sense of contentment and abundance and peace and the kind of abundance of the heart of the deepest sense of perhaps where we feel at home in ourselves and with others and we can choose that and feel that that is we've got a kind of alliance of some of these big planets to really help us move towards that so that even though that we've still got we've got mercury by then at 25 Sagittarius conjunct Mars and Sagittarius so things again it could be sort of wordy wars and you know verbal conflicts potentially but it's like there are two sides to this and whichever door we decide to open and whichever path we decide to kind of embrace or choose it feels like more of a choice it feels as though we can really feel as though we can create sanctuary and this would be a great time to build a little ancestor altar and pay homage to ancestors and feel a sense of lineage one of the reasons why i personally see you know the the reasoning behind jupiter being exalted in cancer is that it's got this great multigenerational ancestral wisdom and view it baked into it we've got both the past and the future embraced and unified and so we've got the lineage and wisdom of perhaps teachers or gurus that came before us where we we are standing on the shoulders of giants and being held within a wisdom tradition but we've also got the sense of the future of generations that the richest most precious resource we have in the world is our children is the future generations and not just human more than human what comes down the track and what we are called to protect and love and care for whether that be the forests the water the air and also the all species so that they can share the future and we we're just protecting and caring for it with the with the custodians and that what that's to me partially what jupiter and cancer does it's the great kind of parent if you like it's the the mother and the father and the grandparents and the grandchildren and it's all 
included and unified in a way that wants to bring peace and wisdom. And so we have this kind of opportunity within that moment to embrace that and to really think about how we might want to honour that or see ourselves in the scheme of things so that it's not just about us, it's about a, a much wider view. And so if we can perhaps remember that when there is the temptation or when there is the provocation perhaps coming through of a sort of zealousness or a, um, a particularly idealistic fundamentalism that can come through with some of this, this uh, spiky sag energy because, you know, we have, we have a lot going on still in that sag, in that sag area of the, of the landscape. So I do like the full moon a lot and I think that we have, you know, a lot of opportunity to really just enjoy that holiday period and feel that sense of, of peace and beauty in it. Uh, and then, of course, on the 30th, we've got, 30th of December, we've got Venus entering Sagittarius and that is going to be the host of our Jupiter as it stations direct still at that five degrees of Taurus, but as it stations direct, it will be hosted by a very jubilant, adventurous, uh, it's just this lovely Venus that's entered Sagittarius who's, who's wanting to, you know, be joyful and, and enthusiastic and full of inspiration. And so that's a really potent moment, that stationing of the direct, ready for a, a big Jupiter story because Jupiter is going to head forward and by May it will be entering uh, Gemini for a whole other <laughs> a whole other um, chapter but we've got a lot going on with Jupiter in the new year and beyond and so that's going to be another story that I'll get to talk about in that new year period but what I would like to do is wish you a very beautiful full moon, uh, one where I hope you feel free and cared for. And I know that a lot of people are doing it very hard right now. And I just want you to know that I see you and I understand. And I wish you many blessings for the solstice, for the holidays and for this 2024 that we are heading into. So Lots of love and good wishes and you can you can visit me over on pomegranateastrology.com if you want to see more of my, my work there. But I just wanted to leave you with you know all of my thoughts and kindness for the for the new year. So take care, loves, and I will speak to you well next year. <laughs> okay, bye bye for now. <laughs>